Welcome back to Ratchet and Wrench Radio, strategies and inspiration for auto care success. I'm your host, Chris Jones, where today I'm joined by Tony Mercury, the Vice President of Revenue at Auto Shop Solutions. Tony and I are going to take a deeper dive into a story that he worked on with us back in the April edition called How to Put Your Website to Work. Uh, Tony's going to take a look at really the components of a good website and how to really make your website a powerful conversion tool. So you don't want to miss this. He's got some great insights and talks really deeply about why shops need to focus on making sure their websites are optimized for converting customers. Here's Tony. Well, hey, Tony, welcome to Ratchet & Wrench Radio. Thank you so much for having me, Chris. Excited yeah. to do this with you. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So you come to us from Auto Shop Solutions. You know, for our listening audience who may not know what Auto Shop Solutions is, can you tell us about the company and some of the key services that Auto Shop Solutions provides? Yeah, absolutely. So we are a, a digital marketing company focused in new customer acquisition. So whenever at tr- we're at trade shows or national sales meetings with some of our partners, I always like to introduce us as when someone's driving around and their brakes are squeaking or their check engine light pops on and they pull out their cell phone or go on their computer and search for brake repair near me, that's where Auto Shop Solutions comes into play. And we help those clients or those customers rather connect with the shops that we work with. So that way they get those calls and clicks first. All right. Now we did a story back in April together uh, on how to put your website to work. In our Ratchet and Rich industry survey from 2022, 11% of shop owners said they didn't even have a website. Is that acceptable in 2023, Tony? Um, if you're not trying to be successful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's surprising. I remember years ago, um, we had an opportunity with a distributor and we got on some calls and I'm not going to say who it was, but we assumed that most of the people they worked with had websites. And when we got down to it, I think like 70% didn't have websites. And we're like, there's no way this is right. We're looking at this the wrong way. And no, it was about 70% of them didn't have a website. So it's, I'm glad to see that number is lower, but it's still pretty high, all things considered, especially in such a, a digital age right now. Yeah. And I think, you know, even those who do have websites, I feel like a lot of shops or even people in general in the business world see their website as a digital billboard. You know, is that a correct way to look at your website? And if not, how should a shop owner look at their website? So if we were having this conversation 15 years ago, I would say, yes, that's a good way to say it. Because it was really, I mean, it's not that long ago, but really it's almost the infancy of the internet, right? That's when most people started getting it. And really, the internet's been around for a long time, don't get me wrong, but I feel like it really boomed when the iPhone came out. Like there's a lot more accessibility to like a good size screen in your pocket to get online and start looking around. Um, so I, I would say that's probably the that the big boom for that. Now, um, let's talk website anatomy. Like what does a good website page flow look like for an auto repair shop? Like if I'm if I've built a website, like what should that page flow look like? Yeah, so I always like to put it back into the perspective of when you're building a website or editing or auditing one is what's the journey and what's the path for the person that it's intended to be used for. So a lot of the times when we're going through the onboarding process or redesign with a current customer, sometimes they'll say, I don't like the way it looks. This doesn't make sense. And then we always remind them that we're not building the website for you as the shop owner. We're building it as a tool to convert for new business. So is it telling your story correctly when someone's hitting it? Are your hours and address easy to find? Is it easy to book an appointment with you, right? So don't think about it. Is it right for me as the owner? Is it right for the person that it's intended to be used for? 
So just keeping those best practices in mind, right? You want the good information above the folds, clickable phone numbers, easy to schedule, the right integrations. So it, it definitely matters of how that website's built because in underperforming website, people will hit it, right? All, everything else that you're paying for is going to do its job, your, your SEO program, your AdWords, social, et cetera. But if it's not built to be a converting website, it's, it's going back to that. It's just a digital billboard at that point. Yeah. Well, let's unpack that a little bit and talk about this idea of being frictionless. We hear about that term, you know, being used a lot. Like, what does that mean to you? And then what is the best way to execute a frictionless customer service experience on a website? Yeah, it's it's just really meeting the person that's in need with what they're looking for, right? So I was talking earlier about, you know, someone searching for brake repair near me. So and it's really come full circle. We, we use a term here at AutoShop Solutions pretty often of omni-channel marketing because you don't really know where someone's going to start their buying journey anymore. They might go on Facebook and find them on a Facebook group, a local neighborhood group. Maybe they you know, just went on Google and search. They went on Google Maps. So you really got to understand that flow of what's influencing that buying decision when it comes down to it. So if I am searching for brake repair near me, I have an opportunity to click on an ads campaign, the map pack, maybe Facebook, maybe uh, some other directory listings that I won't name. That's a four-letter word. <laughs> um, so it's really making sure that that story's told correctly through all those online platforms. Um, and I use this scenario example pretty often. So a few years ago, my HVAC unit died. And I started my journey online. And I you know, looked to see who had the best reviews on Google. I went on their website. They had good pictures. Their social showed before and afters. And then here's the craziest part to me, which makes a lot of sense, but I didn't realize they used it as well. But the company I chose to, to do business with also had a DVI tool. I know enough about HVAC units, but not, I, you know, that's not what I do for a living. So the, you know, when they came out in some of the other quotes were just like, oh, it's broken, you need to replace it. And then the company that used that DVI tool actually showed me why it was broken and why I needed to replace it. So it's, again, just think about that from an automotive perspective, you know, are your brakes squeaking? Are you the right shop to get them fixed? Here's why, here's our process. Here's my links to my social accounts, right? Read Facebook to see some current jobs that I've done, maybe go over to my Google, my business page. So we all do this every single day and it's so familiar to us. So I, I feel like sometimes you just got to take a step back and either look at it, like I was sharing with a different vertical HVAC or just from that lens of the client that's who's using that to really make sure that that experience really, just like you said, is as frictionless as possible. Yeah. And how important is it or is it important to really understand the search habits of your market? Because uh, you talked about like hopping on and you're looking at pictures, you're looking at reviews, and maybe you see a social post. Uh, like how important is it for someone, you know, a shop to think about that when they're putting together their online presence, like how people are going to find them? Yeah, to me, it's super important because really when it comes down to it, it's branding. So if you're looking at it, and I've shared this story a few times, uh, when I was at ASTE last year, um, there's a, a younger technician that I know here, and he was looking for a new job. And his journey was, you know, using automotive websites and all that, but he was looking at it from a different perspective. So his, you know, and I'll say in quotations, buying journey was, I'm looking for a new job. So he searched for local automotive repair shops near him, went on their websites. And if their website wasn't up to date, 
you know, he felt that it was a direct reflection of the back of the house that maybe that their tools and technology weren't up to date in the back. Maybe they weren't using, you know, a newer shop management system. So he correlated a lot of just the website presence to what kind of technology that shop's using. So I thought that was very interesting. And if you take it one level deeper, if you are a candidate, right? And we hear all the time that shops are looking for more technicians, service advisors. So you really want to make sure that you have the right opportunity. You are putting your best foot forward to find these candidates down to Facebook. You know, what type of stuff are you doing for team building? You know, are you celebrating birthdays? Is this a place I'm going to want to work? So I know I just gave a kind of a different scenario of trying to sell a brake repair job, but the same thing comes down to brake repair job because people want to do business with people, right? So if they feel that they're taking care of their employees, they're setting a good example, they're involved in the local community, that's going to go a lot further winning business because again, it's that omni-channel ecosystem. It's, I am looking at your website. I am looking at your Facebook page and I, I want to make sure I'm choosing the right person to do business with. Right. And we talked, you talked a minute ago about, you know, websites having clickable phone numbers uh, and, and, and things like that. What are your thoughts on forms? Like, you know, like if someone has a clickable email address, I'm very happy about that because I know that, okay, this is likely going to get read, I feel in my mind, because it's going to a direct email address versus if someone has a form, I'm a lot more skeptical. What, what's the convention on forms these days? Or what's the, the prevailing thought about using forms on your website? Because I know a lot of shops rely on forms. Uh, where, do, where do they stand? Yeah. So th that's a good one. So over the last year, I did a lot of educational classes with Greg Rainfield from Mechanic Advisor. And he always talks about the millennials and that millennial mindset in our classes. And I like using integration. So Mechanic Advisor is a good example. So they have an online scheduler. And a lot of the times, even personally, it's so much easier for me just to book something online. Like I was able to do it the last time I got my eyes checked. I didn't have to call and figure out if my schedule met their schedule. And I could just go right on and schedule myself to get my eyes checked. So it was, it was great. So Mechanic Advisor has something very similar. And just like you said, it's it's very uh, interactive. It's automated. You pick what day, what time, what your issues with your car are, and you schedule it. And then you get a text behind that, right? So that way you have that confirmation. I know I'm booked. I'm ready to go. So And then we still use forms because not everybody is using someone with an integrated scheduler like that right now. Um, but we always make sure we, behind that, they get a copy of it and then there's like a thank you page behind it so that they know it was successfully submitted. Okay. All right. So what are some of the best integrations for a shop website like that you've seen or that you recommend for shop owners since we're on the topic of integrations? Yeah. So um, see what is offered by your shop management system. See what's offered by your CRM tool. Um, you know, I see integrated schedulers, there's chat bubbles, there's ADA compliancy tools, there's video tools that you can integrate. So it's really sky's the limit at this point, but you just got to be careful that you can't put too much on it. They, you know, it's almost like bad example, but bumper stickers, right? One or two <laughs> fine, but if you have 37 bumper stickers on your car, it starts getting ridiculous. So, and then you start on the technology side, you got to start worrying about site speed. Am I putting too much on it, right? Like if you're doing a video uh, banner hero image and then you have all these different integrations and they're pulling a lot of data, it's going to slow down the site experience, which could potentially lose you customers. So it's there's definitely going to be a fine line of how many is too many. And I would rely on whoever you're working with to make sure that you listen to the recommendations. All right. And what, what kind of weight do you place on the about page? Like I, I find a lot of joy when I'm a, as a surfer, as a web surfer, when I go to a particular business or anything, and I, I get a chance to see the people that 
either like you said, I'm gonna, who's going to look at my eyes or who's going to provide a service to my vehicle or who's going to check my age back out. I like being able to see who that person is and what their journey has been like. I'm sure I'm not alone in that, but what are your thoughts on how much weight does a shop need to put in their about page? I like it personally as well. Um, it's a good spot for you to tell your story. How long have you been in the local community? You know, there's some really fun shops uh, over the years that we've worked with. And I remember one, they had a, a service center since like 1915. It was like the great, great grandfathers. And they had photos of the shop from back then. So they told that story. So you get like that lineage. And then again, it comes down to trustworthiness that they got to be doing something right if they've been in business for almost 100 years. Um, so fun stories like that are always good. Um, I always like when shops put their uh, shop shop dog or they got their <laughs> employees. Yeah. Kind of it's fun that, you know, they're just a local business that you can align with and trust to work on your vehicle. Right on. And then what other pages do you feel like are very important for shop owners to invest in? Like, you know, like the the services pages particularly are, are like that, but what other pages do you think that a shop should really hone in on, focus on, and really put their best foot forward in presenting to the customer so the customer gets a full picture of how the shop is going to operate or work on their vehicle per se? Yeah, I like community pages. Those are really nice because again, it shows that they're more than just a business it's what else are we doing for the local community so you know if you're sponsoring the little league team you did a food drive we have some shops that do car shows so that's really fun to look at and another one that we do primarily on every site that we're launching is also a careers page because you want to make sure that if you do get someone that hits your site that it's properly built out you're talking about your shops differentiators you know, are you not open on the weekends, 401k, health insurance. So th that's another very important page that I feel sometimes gets overlooked. Okay. I had a really interesting conversation when I was at SEMA. I was in a class on sustainability. And one of the guys there was talking about how like some of the shops and people out West are putting that information on their website, talking about what they do to be sustainable as shops, whether it's something they do to preserve things in the environment, how they're recycling their fluids, that sort of thing. Do you foresee that or do you think that's going to be something that could that may become a bigger player as we move into electrification, some of these other things where people are becoming more environmentally conscious and want to work with companies who are like that? Oh, absolutely. Especially if you're already in that mindset and you are an EV driver, you're a hybrid driver, you want to make sure that that shop's aligned with your morals, right? So if they are doing proper recycling techniques, they're reusing their waste oil to heat the shop. Um, we have a shop that has solar panels on their roof and they show how much energy that they've created essentially for the day. I thought that was really neat to see. Um, and then you asked before about other things. We have a, a shop in uh, snow country out in Colorado and they actually have a snow report widget on their site, which I thought was a, a cool addition we did for them. Oh, that, that is pretty neat. <laughs> well, you know, it's knowing your, your local audience. Yeah. No, that's absolutely correct. All right. So how often do shop owners update their website? So that, that's a, actually a really good question. So we recommend every 18 to 24 months. And we want to make sure that for multiple reasons, Google's constantly changing the rules of the game. And we're, as any agency, it's through trial and error. Google does not release a playbook for marketing, right? You have to craft your own and hone it as time goes on. So that's a really good time frame where there's enough typical, unless Google's really pushing out algorithm changes, 18 to 24 months is going to be a really good number for enough time and technology has been updated 
to make sure that it is worth the cost associated with redoing the website. If you're doing it every six months, it's too frequent, right? You want to make sure that you're getting indexed and crawled and all that for a long enough time before you start completely rechanging the website. And that's a whole other potential can of worms, right? That if you're not doing your redirects correctly and all that. So to answer your question, 18 to 24 months. Okay. And, you know, a lot, I know that, you know, it's important for shop owners to be found, you know, online, but people want to be on the first page of Google, such and so forth, you know, where they want people to you know, look for the particular shop online and then they show up. And I know a lot of that's content driven. Is it important for shop owners to continue to put fresh content on their website? And if so, how often should they put fresh content on their site? Yeah. So content, and we've all heard it, content is king. So you want to make sure that at a minimum, so once the initial website, you're done, it's built, you release it to Google to be indexed and crawled, you're going to start seeing some increase in traffic, some better visibility. And then to maintain that, I always like to give the strategy of, say you're a Volkswagen Audi Porsche shop, you want to start writing complimentary content against those services landing pages that you have. So a good example of that would be, you know, say it's Volkswagen, write about DSG service what it is, what the process is, why you're the dealer alternative, why you provide a better value, how long you've been doing it. And then the next month, maybe do it for Porsche's had PDKs. So you're going to write about PDKs. And then maybe the month after that, you can talk about, you know, maybe just a different service interval for one of those vehicles. And then, um, you know, if you're bigger, you know, more common with like 911s and you want to write about um, the IMS bearing issues, right? Just whatever's going to really align with your audience and who your market base is. Um, so I, I would say at minimum once a month. Okay. And let's talk about first and lasting impressions. You know, we always talk about not judging a book by its cover, but, you know, there are lots of inexpensive website builders, free builders, things that people can take advantage of online. Um, how important is it to, or, or how important is the framework that you put your website on and then making sure that it's aesthetically pleasing to your people? Yeah. So that's actually two different things. So from like a design perspective, you're going to use things like Adobe and all that to actually create the look and the feel website. I'm sorry about that. I didn't realize that was open. And then we, we're going to have, um, we use WordPress ourselves. So WordPress is, you know, a content management system to build websites on and you can build onto it. We've created our own tools and plugins to make the experience better, uh, to make our websites easier to use, et cetera. So, um, I would just say, if you are going to build your own website, just go out there and see what's available and see what's going to best fit your needs and what you're going to be able to manage on a day-to-day. -day. Okay. And say someone doesn't want to do it themselves, like what sort of budget should they allot, you know, for the initial you know, startup of putting together a website, like a ballpark figure that they can expect to pay to have a, an initial site built? Yeah. Um, so I, I'm going to talk about us a little bit, and I know this podcast isn't intended for this, but I'm most familiar with what we do here. Um, so if you're going to build a website, you're going to really want to make sure, regardless of who you're working with, that your marketing efforts are aligned and really your, I'm sorry, your, your marketing efforts are aligned with your shop goals. So we always like to understand that what is that shop doing, right? Let's use the example. They're a $800,000 shop and they're looking to become a million dollar shop. So now we understand that there's a $200,000 gap and how many more phone calls do you need to do that? What's your average repair order? So we kind of reverse engineer that and then align them with what a marketing plan should look like. And then based of that, uh, we have different levels of our services and we're going to align the customer of what's going to fit their goals and their needs the best. 
Um, but relatively speaking, I would say ballpark, you're going to want to spend anywhere from like, if you're doing a website SEO with managed services, anywhere from like 800 to $1,200 a month. Um, and then the secondary parts of that is going to be a Google ads campaign. And that's going to be, that's always a, I like to call it a loaded question because there's a lot of variables in it. Are you going after German cars in a major Metro? Are you, are you a rural shop going after general repair? Those are going to be much different budgets. Um, you know, and really sky's the limit on ads. So, you know, shops, some shops are spending a thousand dollars a month and that's a lot to them. And some shops are spending $10,000 a month plus. So really that part's the big variable for shops because it's how aggressive do you want to get? And then what's your market? All right. And, you know, lastly, do you have any parting words of wisdom that you want to share about what shop owners about developing a website or improving a website or making their website, you know, more, more user-friendly? Yeah. I would say my best recommendation is to work with a reputable company, make sure that they're well-vetted and well-qualified, read their Google reviews, just like you would any other person to see how they're doing and how they're treating their, their customers. How long have they been around for? Um, you know, are they a newer operation that's been around for a year or two, or have they been around for more than a decade? So that's going to say a lot about their success online with marketing. Um, and then listen to who you're paying. There's a reason why you signed up and you paid them. You know, it's very similar. If I went to a repair shop and told them how to fix my car, I have no idea. I, that's why I leave it up to the experts. So I, I would also give that listen to your marketing agency. They, they are experts and that's what you're paying them for. Take the recommendations and run with them and you will be successful. Awesome. Well, Tony, thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate all you shared. Absolutely. It's always a pleasure, Chris. Yep. And we'll talk to you again soon. Sounds good. All right. And that's going to do it for us here today at Ratchet & Wrench Radio. Uh, I'd like to invite you to follow us on our social media channels on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, as well as subscribe to our email newsletter, which goes out daily. Uh, and you can find that at ratchetandwrench.com. That's R-A-T-C-H-E-T-A-N-D-W-R-E-N-C-H.com. And may the rest of your day be the best of your day. And we'll see you next week.